This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television program. Also, those that are listening to me on Warning Radio, Shortwave, watching and listening on social media, welcome. I have two special guests. One is not uh, sort of a guest. She is and she isn't. She's my wife, uh, Reverend Adalia Hansen. And uh, the second guest is Apostle Daphne Nyla. She's with Kingdom Glory Ministries International. We've been doing a lot of great programming, and uh, we're going to now have an opportunity, you, to watch and listen. Now, I just am putting together an organization called Eagles Saving Nations because America and the rest of the nations are coming under tyranny. The Bible is very clear that in the last days, perilous times will come. 2 Timothy 3.1 For men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. 2 Timothy 3.2-4 Jesus asked the question, When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Luke 18.8 Today, like never before in the history of the United States of America, as well as every nation, Jesus Christ is being maligned, ridiculed, and made obsolete. You're going to be shocked at some statistics I read. For instance, from the Christian Post, 60% of adults under 40 say Jesus Christ is not the only way to salvation. They say he's equal to Buddha and Mohammed. Now, the shocking thing is these are supposed to be born-again Christians. So we're going to look at the condition of the church today. We're going to talk about it a little bit. I'll give you a definition of hedonism first before we get started. Hedonism is the philosophy that pleasure is the sole or chief good of life. It professes that the pursuit of pleasure is the ideal aim of conduct. Did you catch that? I know that's really a, the spirit of America, hedonism, me, myself, and I. I'll do it my way. It's hard to build a dynamic New Testament church because everybody wants to do their own thing and they don't want to serve God. They don't even attend every week once, not yet, prayer meetings or Bible schools or anything else. Uh, they, they, they think they can grow in the Lord by just listening to tapes with no time with God, but yet they think they have something to say. Well, I think 40% of the church under 40 says that Jesus is in the only way. is a strong indictment that they're messed up. They're really messed up. And usually you're going to find their marriages messed up. Eagles saving nations. The importance of it. Will I find faith? Is what Jesus said. And uh, that's important to note. Will I find faith? We're going to discuss this situation of America, the nations. What does Jesus say? Again, I'll never forget those words, will I find faith. Adalia, welcome to the program warning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Apostle Daphne, welcome. Thank you. Seems like uh, I've seen a lot of you lately. Yeah. We've done a lot of programs, both on live television, social media, radio, yeah. uh, other things. You minister to our staff at our staff service. Yeah. And so... Uh, You've had a lot of great things to say, a lot of truth. Sure. And that's because you're apostolic, you're prophetic. I mean, that's what I am. 
Adalias, apostolic and prophetic. Now, uh, I want to start off with you, Daphne. Yes. 60% of adults under 40 mm-hmm. say Jesus is not the only way to salvation. Mm-hmm. It says he's equal to Buddha and Mohammed. Now, it says more than 60% of born-again Christians in America, born-again, this is what's shocking to me, between the ages of 18 and 39 believe that Mohammed, Buddha, and Jesus are all valid paths to salvation and over 30% say they either believe that Jesus sinned like any other person on earth. I am shocked. What's your explanation? Um, I think the problem we have is indoctrination. Wrong, okay. wrong doctrines, wrong teachings, and the spirit of error. Okay. That has really perverted the, the, the truth of the gospel. People have been taught the wrong things and they have believed the wrong things. We can only have one truth. We cannot have two truths. Right. And the truth is that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father, is the way, the truth, and the life. But now because some of these people have been taught error, they tend to believe error. And when you are perverted by an error, it is very hard for you to discern the truth. And so to me, I tend to believe that people have diverted from the, tr- the word of God and they have started going to myths and other teachings of men, teachings of people that are anti-Christ, people that don't even believe in God. So the first place uh, to me is let's come back to the truth. Let's come back to the Bible. Let's come back to the true word of God that is able to correct these errors, that is able to help people understand how the kingdom of God operates. And we cannot talk of Christianity if we are not talking about Christ. So for you to be a Christian, it means you have faith and believe in Jesus Christ. And to be born again means that, number one, you have believed. And then you have received him. And he has given you the power or the right to become a son of God. So for you to be born again, you are professing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are professing that there is no other Lord apart from Jesus Christ. You are professing there is no other power, dominion, anything that is higher than the domain and the dominion of God. So yeah. would you, would you mm-hmm. call these people, mm-hmm. over 60%, mm-hmm. they're classified as born again, but mm-hmm. in your opinion, mm-hmm. are they born again? No, they're not if they don't confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. To be born again is to be born of the Spirit. And the Bible says to be, when that which is born of flesh is flesh, that is born of the spirit is spirit. And Jesus says that unless you come to the Father, unless you, unless we come through Christ, we cannot go to the Father. So there is, there is no other way apart from Jesus Christ to the Father. So anybody else, anybody that believes any other thing apart from Jesus Christ, he needs to come to the truth. I don't believe they are born again if they have not gone through that process. Good. Yeah. Adalia, are we in this great falling away that the Bible warns about? You know, Jesus said, will I find faith when I return? Are we in this time? Well, I truly believe we are in that time because just like how the Bible says that the great falling away will come and then men will be lovers of themselves and then they'll just give, give themselves to their own pleasures and the pleasures of the world and all those kinds of things. That's the time we are in right now. They started in the, in the spirit, and now they're ending up in the flesh. So they did, some of them did have a good foundation of the truth, which is the gospel of the kingdom of God. 
but then they were introduced to some other doctrine that was brought about, let's say, by influence of the, of the devil and the demonic, demonic world. So you find even pastors who probably went to Bible school, they were taught the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ, but now they were exposed to other things, and that, those are the things that they're teaching to the church right now. You find a pastor with a huge congregation, but now the person introduces something that is not what he was actually taught. So that thing like the Chrislam. Now they're saying the Christ and the God of the Islam are one thing, which we know is not true. But these are leaders of the church who are being used by the principality, the, the prince of the world, to actually cause the falling away. Because when a leader, people look up to this leader, and whatsoever the leader says, that's what they follow. So if the leader says, oh, Chrislam, we're introducing Chrislam. So the followers follow them with that kind of doctrine. So we find that there's that infiltration of the, do uh, the doctrine of demons in, and then the falling away. Now people now want what they want. So when Jesus said, lay down your, uh, like, pick up your, pick up the cross and follow me. No, they don't want to follow him. What they want is them, what we want. And, and if you, if you see how Jesus said it, he said, now, when he was teaching the disciples and he, t he told them that he's teaching them the ways. It's like a blueprint of how we Christians should live our lives. Now he used to withdraw himself and he would go and pray for hours. He would be able to fast and pray. But now people don't fast and pray. They think those are the things of the old. People don't spend time with the word of God. People don't go to churches. They say, well, I'll find Jesus my own way. So it's more of a pursuit of the, the self-will. They want to do their own thing. So with that one, you'll see it's spreading across, not just in America, it's spreading across the whole world. It's now, it's like this principality has been given power in that now the, the fulfillment of the scriptures is coming to pass, whereby there's that the great divide, whereby even families are being separated because of different beliefs. So it has come, the time has come. We are indeed in the last days and we're in the time of the falling away whereby the righteous shall continue being righteous and some of the wicked will continue to, do, continue to do wicked things. So that's where we are at right now. I believe that more than anything. The entertainment industry, government, and education is for the most part led by people that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You can get into the seven mountains. You can get into every sphere of society. And yet there is a direct attack on God on family, because family is the government of God on earth, the stability. There's an attack. The United Nations is leading, again, a direct attack on Judeo-Christian values. They're saying it's the old world order. They want to replace it with the new world order of adversity, of, again, all religions, of alternate lifestyles, of abortion. So there's a direct attack on God himself coming from all areas of life, including governments, United Nations, European Union, international bankers trying to control the nations through their money. We are coming under attack. God is coming under attack. What is the answer to this attack, Daphne? Very simple and very clear. The church needs to rise up. Amen. The church is the government of God. Yes. The church enhances and forces the government the rule, the dominion of God. I believe when the church became cold and started to compromise and speak the language of the world, that's where we lost power. The church loses power 
when we, uh, you know, like fall away from basically like what, um, you know, Reverend Adalia was saying, fellowship, intimacy with God, staying in the place of prayer, staying in the place of the word of God, being, you know, just staying with God long enough to be so intoxicated with the presence of God that we begin to become a voice. The church needs to be a voice. We are the, the actually... God will not come down to do anything in the face of the earth. He has already instituted a government that is the body of Christ. And that's why the Bible says the government will be upon his shoulders. So I, I think it's a challenge to every leader in the church, every believer. When Jesus was about to leave, he said, go ye into the world. He did not tell, tell them to stay. I said, when you've been endued with the power of the Holy Ghost, when you've been anointed, when you have received the power, the enablement of God, then you, sh you should go out there and preach the kingdom of God. Preaching the kingdom of God means go into the seven mountains of influence. Go to education, go to government, go to family, go to entertainment and arts, go to media and take over. Jesus says, occupy until I come. So it is the responsibility of the church, is the responsibility of every believer to occupy these mountains, to basically teach, train, and challenge the powers, the forces, because we are in contention. The Bible says from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. Why is it suffering violence? It's because the kingdom of God is coming against the kingdom, the powers of darkness. It's coming against the kingdom of darkness. It's coming against dominions, powers, and rulers. So when the church arises and begins to attack, begins to restrain the works of darkness, we're going to silence the powers of the enemy. We're going to silence the worldly system. Because we have only two systems. We have the godly system, whose Jesus Christ is the Lord. And we have the worldly system, who is ruled by the God of this world, who is Satan. So we have to rise up and enforce the kingdom of light. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. I don't think we, especially the church, that's where we are failing. We are not becoming the salt of the earth. We are not becoming the light of the earth. We have allowed the worldly systems to control us, to, you know, to uh, define our way of living. So I tend to believe that the church needs to get back to its place of intimacy with God. Let's go back to the secret place. Let us hear from God. Let's be empowered. And then we have the power to go out there, implement, change, transform, and even just change some of these systems. So I believe we have a solution, and the solution is the church of Jesus Christ. I believe yeah. In fact, I know you're right. Yeah. In fact, we've talked about it all last week That's right. on different mediums. Yeah. That the purpose of God through yeah. his church mm -hmm. is to reveal his glory over all the earth. Yeah. Psalm 72, 19. Mm -hmm. You talked about to take dominion, subdue, yeah. be salt, occupy, make disciples mm -hmm. in every nation. Mm -hmm. You'll find that in Genesis 1, 26 and 28, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Luke 19, 13 and Matthew 5, 13. Christians must understand we are in spiritual war. We are in a warfare. Yeah. If the righteous rule, mm -hmm. people prosper. If yeah. evil men rule, yeah. like they're starting to do in every nation, mm -hmm. the church is persecuted. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, when he ascended, go tarry mm -hmm. for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For my power, you can't do it unless my power is in you. I will walk with you. I will speak through you. Mm. You will do signs and wonders, but you have to rely on me. You have to go, Terry, be filled with the baptism, mm. be filled every day. Half of the church rejects that. They don't even 
want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They reject that commission from Jesus Christ. And obviously now they are agreeing with alternate lifestyles. They're agreeing with the United Nations. You have the Federal Council of Churches over the mainline churches, which is a Marxist organization. We are in desperate trouble because instead of being the ambassador of Jesus Christ, filled with the power of God, moving with his empower, instead we've accepted again the philosophies of hedonism, of those that come against the church, United Nations, European Union, international bankers. The church doesn't seem to realize we are in a drastic, serious war for our survival. They want to kill us. Adalia? I could say that now there's a lot of, a lot of talk, but no show. You know, because Jesus said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. And that's the same power that he gave the church. But now... The church has become weak. We do not manifest the power of God. We do not do that. But the problem is people think you just wake up one day and you'll start healing and delivering people all over the place. They, do, they don't understand the word tarry. You have to tarry in the presence of God. And then it comes also with growth. It comes with intimacy with the Holy Spirit. It comes with submission to the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us all things. The word says that it has been given unto us to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we'll be able to get the secrets of the kingdom of God. And the men who, who walk with so much power and authority, these are people who are submitted to the Holy Spirit. And it's not just, it's not just waking up and teaching something on a Sunday or knowing one verse and probably reading your Bible once and the next time you open your Bible is probably two weeks from now. And you can't even, your Bible is just full of dust. No, it comes with growth. You grow in the presence of God. You eat the word of God. You breathe it. So when you stay there, that's when the life of Jesus comes and overtakes you. The presence of Jesus comes. And then also his likeness comes. There are three things that the church needs to walk in. And that's the likeness of Christ, the presence of Christ, and also the authority of Christ and the life. The funny thing is, there's a time I was praying and the Holy, I saw the Holy Spirit in the in form of a dove and he had the branch in his mouth. And I could tell that the branch in his mouth represents life, but he's bringing life back into the church. But the church is not just the building. The church is not just a denomination. The church are people who fear and love God. They're people who are actually the real church, not people who identify themselves as Christians. Not, not just because they're not Buddhist, they're not they're not Muslims. Oh, I'm a Christian because, well, I am not a Buddhist. No, there's a people. There are people who God has already put his hand upon them and he's going to call them out and they will manifest his power because the Bible says the, 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 the whole earth is waiting for the manifest manifestation of the sons of God. And who are the sons of God? The Bible says the sons of God are who are led by the spirit. So if you're not led by the spirit, I don't think you should identify yourself as the son of God. You have to be led and you submit and yield unto him. And from there, that's when you'll be able to walk with so much power and authority. He will be able to find expression uh, through you. Your mouth becomes his mouthpiece. You become a battle axe in the, in, the, in the battleground. But just saying, I am a Christian, that it doesn't end that way. Even if just receiving Christ, the salvation, that's just the beginning. It's a journey. You stay there because the Bible says, those that shall endure till the end shall be saved. It is a call to endure. It is a call to persevere. It's a call to grow. It's a call to yield, whereby it's no longer your will, 
but the will of Christ. And that's how he said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. So people need to ask Christians, need to live that kind of blueprint that Jesus Christ gave us as an example of how we should live our lives. We die to self and we pick him up. We carry him. We carry his glory. We carry his personality and we spread it across. And people shall come running because people shall see that Jesus Christ truly, he is the only, only way to the Father. Because we have to showcase the world that that is true. Because some other people portray, like other, like the witchcraft and all this new age, they have a certain power that they portray. So people are drawn into them because they have something to give. But if the church doesn't have anything to give, they won't come to us. They will not believe in us. We have to showcase the glory of Jesus and people will come. Amen. They, uh, you know, Apostle Daphne, people have a false conception that all they have to do is pray. They just want to pray and Jesus solve our problems. But Jesus, when he ascended, gave that responsibility to solve the nation's problems to you and I. We're his ambassador. That's why he said, go tarry so you can move with my authority and solve the problems. Make disciples. Jesus isn't coming back to the battle of Armageddon. So if we wait for Jesus to do it, we're going to suffer. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to be arrested because Jesus isn't coming back to solve our problems. If the problems are going to be solved, like you said at the beginning, it's going to be through the church. Right. Apostle? You know, the kingdom of God has two dimensions. There is a dimension of experience whereby your identity is changed. Your nature is changed. You become a son of God. You are translated. Your sins are forgiven. You are washed by the blood. You become a king and a priest. You become a representative. So there is the experience part of the kingdom, but there is also the manifestation part of the kingdom. After you experience the kingdom, you need to manifest the kingdom. And most of us, we are just at the experience level. We are at the place of just hiding, just waiting for God to do it. But God is waiting for us to manifest, just as the woman of God said. He says that these are the days that the earth is eagerly awaiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. It tells you the earth is, the world is hurting. People are in pain. People are losing hope. There is a lot of this, uh, you know, you look at the statistics of how many people are committing suicide every day. Look at how the young people are abusing drugs in our society today. Look at how governments have gone down and things are happening. All this state and, the, you know, the things that are happening today, it tells you there is the need for the church to begin to manifest the kingdom of God. Amen. We don't stop at just experiencing the power of God feeling the goosebumps and enjoying the anointing, which I love and I, I like it. But after you get the power, after you get the anointing, after you, rele you receive this anointing and presence of God, Jesus says, when you are endued with power, you shall be my witnesses. You shall go out there and become a solution. So I, t I believe with all of my heart, this is the best time to manifest the kingdom of God, manifest healing. We have a dying world. We have a, a, a world that is sick. Look at people ailing from COVID, ailing from cancer, ailing from HIV AIDS. People don't know where to go anymore. But the church has a solution. We have the power. Jesus says, I give you all authority. I give you all power. You shall trample on, on over snakes, over scorpions. You shall lay your hands on the sick. So we cannot just sit and wait for anybody. It is our time to arise. And every believer needs to know you are born again 
to save somebody else. God has changed you that you may become an agent of change. And I always say that the church of Jesus is an agent of change. The church is like an equipping center. It's just like a car. When you take your car to the service center, it is just service so that it can become efficient. We just have these fellowships and this prayer and everything just to be efficient, to be service, to remove the old oil and get the fresh oil. And then we can go out there and make an impact. You know, so we need to begin, we need to move from the place of kingdom experience to the place of kingdom manifestation. Jesus is looking and waiting on us. You know, I, I'm looking at Psalm 110, 1 to 3. The Bible says, And my Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. This is Jesus after he had resurrected. He went on high and he seated at the right hand of God. The, the right hand is the hand of authority, is the hand of dominion and power. And he says he has exalted the church. We, the church, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We are seated in a place of dominion. We are seated in the place of power. And so Jesus is sitting there and he says, sit, my Lord say to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now, who are the enemies of the church? Who are the enemies of Christ? Anything, any system, any power that diminishes, that neutralizes, and that fights the spirit of Christ. And it's what we are calling the antichrist. Is what we are calling the you know, Marxism and all these other systems that have come to confront and to challenge the church. So I, I believe with all of my heart, let us come out of this prayer, you know, our, our experiential, you know, a part of it. Let us now begin to manifest the kingdom. Speak, heal the sick, deliver the captives. Let us go and make an impact. Amen. Yeah. I have another headline news. It says one in three practicing Christians have stopped attending church during COVID-19. That 75% only watch services online, and they, most of them, they say, will not go back to their church when they think it's safe, and that they don't only watch their church, but they church hop. Let me tell you something. I think, one, COVID, we don't have time to get into it. I've done probably 50 programs on it, radio and television. They're using this to exploit a fear of people to control mankind. It's not near as dangerous as they proclaim. The flu has killed way more people. Uh, let me tell you something, but they're using this fear and intimidation to control mankind. But one in three Christians have stopped attending church. We only have about 30 seconds, but let me tell you, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Uh, people think they can be strong. People think that they can have intimacy with God, yet they don't want to attend church where they can be discipled and educated and trained and corrected if necessary. They just want to church hop through, again, uh, streamlining, and yet they think they know something. Well, they're so messed up with false doctrine. Their marriages are messed up. This is not how you have a strong Christian. Ten seconds. Yes, and that is the truth. I, what I believe personally is um, people lack accountability or people don't want to be accountable to anybody. They want to live the way they want to live. Christianity is about a lifestyle. It's about change. It's about transformation from inside out. And that's the truth. It's from change from inside out. Mm -hmm. God bless you. Tune in again tomorrow.